So, this time on Amazingly Terrible, we are watching Tasmania, episode 45, The Pied Piper of Tasmania. Pretty good. Yeah, that's a good one. A I do like that. It's a pretty good one. Yeah. You're listening to Amazingly Terrible. You do know that there are other podcasts you could be listening to, right? My oh, name's Adam. Oh, crap. I fucked it up again. <laughs> <laughs> My mad. name's Adam. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got to start. We got to start it all over. I'm sorry. Oh, man. No, I think we just keep going. We go into okay. Mike. Okay. Uh, my name form is Mike. Ah. Uh, Again, with the name form. My name just- form. It's his new gender. It's my new thing. It being Mike is a new thing for Mike. Yeah. And the only way to truly express his name is through a, a hub, hovering crystalline cube that generates its own electrical power and, and weather systems. I I was going to go for interpretive dance. Well, it does that too because it just vibrates at different frequencies. Yeah. You could interpret it as dancing. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. I think there's one seductive, sultry voice we haven't heard yet, though. My name is David. Oh, oh there it is. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Yes, one stroke per row. <laughs> uh, that's that's a nobody uh, knows. A, that's an excellent now. callback to something <laughs> we talked about before we started recording. <laughs> yes. And it is a joke so gross. That we cannot explain it to you, listeners. Exactly. Just Maybe in the after hours. This is our new strategy. To reference but never say jokes so that the listener writes the joke for themselves and it's funnier than one we could make. Word. <laughs> it's like it's like the monster in horror movies. Yeah, yeah. It's like the alien in Aliens. You never see it. It must be so funny. <laughs> Funny, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, Funny. otherwise, why would we be uh, getting paid to do this week after week after week? <laughs> you really just went out to to harm us. I like that, didn't you, Adam? You just... I I also like that neither of the things you said are true. Deep. <laughs> we <laughs> don't do it week after deep. week after week. We are very lazy. Yes, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Uh, I have a quick question for David. Oh. Um, hmm question time so we have a few special shows coming up yes for amazingly terrible mm. um to coincide with some special dates and times so we have we do know that we have uh, episode 69 coming up and mm-hmm. that's going to be mike presenting stripperella <laughs> is it if it, in these in these special instances <laughs> Where we're where we're given a chance to choose something to put on the sheet, willy nilly, mm-hmm. can we choose something that's already been killed and sent to the graveyard? Oh man! <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> I you're not saying no. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't you already picked something? Uh, no, no, I have, I have. I'm just I'm thinking for like like a year away from now when I get another opportunity to do this. So, you're already you're already lining I, up next year's vote. Yeah, I'm already I'm already planning. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out how we can get Sectar's Warriors of Symbian back. That's all. Oh, 
<laughs> I'll bet if we asked really nicely, we could have it. Yeah. Or, or maybe we could turn it into a special mini series. Yeah. Maybe? Hear the shit that started all the shit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is the thing that we watched when we realized it was all downhill from here. I kind of like the idea, though, that, like, we were so green and dumb that we, like, blew what was a great opportunity. I like that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That seems right. I think you specifically voted off because it was too good. <laughs> yeah, no. You yeah, said, that, that you was said we didn't deserve yes. that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you you directly challenged like our our manhoods and said that we're not worthy of such good shows. And no, I don't think that developed shit. until later. <laughs> and and it was true then, and it's true now. <laughs> so whereas Matt, whereas Matt would love to do a mini series about Sektor's worries of symbiote, he has to find his tooth and nail to ensure it never happens. Yeah. 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 I, anytime success might rear its ugly head, I want to tamp it down. Yeah, like that time that you voted off uh, Pokemon. <laughs> it was a masterstroke, and it was completely <laughs> left field, too, as I recall. You were like, what? <laughs> Why? Exactly. Yeah. It was a masterstroke. You get yeah. one per line, one masterstroke per line. So. <laughs> yeah, when you get to the end of the line. So Tasmania, 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 Tasmania. Toffee needs Tasmania. Start to spin like a Tasmanian devil in his closest kin. Come in Tasmania, come to Tasmania. Great opening, fantastic we opening. Made you. It ran. It's a Warner Brothers cartoon that ran from 1991 to 1995. Pretty significant run. It was broadcast on Fox Kids. And it was co-developed by Tom Ruger. He was an animator, songwriter, writer, and producer. And he's credited with creating or, or uh, co-creating the Animaniacs, Tiny Toon Adventures, Pinky and the Brain. And he also worked on Batman the Animated Series, The Plucky Duck Show, Pinky and the Brain Show, Freakazoid, Batman Beyond, GoBots. Huh? Really? This guy has a career. He has yeah. 14 Emmy Awards for his Damn! Animation. Nice. Tasmania follows the adventures of Taz and his family nice, in the nice. fictional land of Tasmania, which is based on Tasmania. Oh, really? Wow. Mm -hmm. I didn't connect those dots. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's Tasmania with an S is the real Oh. One. That's like the British spelling, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They spell it differently. Mm. Quick question. Not yeah. to completely derail you right off the bat. Where was this in time to Tiny Toon Adventures? Because I feel like this happened after. Uh, yes, mm. I think okay. significantly after. Tiny Toons is 90 to 92. 90 to 92. So it preceded it by a year. Oh, okay, okay. Which is well, not very oh, long. So, yeah, they so had about a year out. of overlap. Gotcha, gotcha. Which is too bad because Tiny Toon Adventures is the superior show. I think mm -hmm. probably Tasmania was cheap to make. I imagine so. I imagine so. In in my mind, for whatever reason, when I was a kid, thinking back to it, this uh, the Tasmania, the show was actually a spinoff 
of Tiny Toon Adventures, which I don't think it actually is. No, so. because it actually features Taz, Taz not, not the not Tiny Tiny Toons version of Taz. Taz. Yeah. And uh, or whatever. Who was who was little Taz? Dizzy Devil. Dizzy, Dizzy Devil. Yes. Dizzy. Yeah. It didn't feature any of the Tiny Toons characters. Characters. Yeah. Whereas yeah. other Warner Brothers characters do make cameos. Yeah. I just want to point out though, if you lived, if I, you've lived in like Seattle, or I lived in Matlin, <laughs> you'd be a little bit concerned about your parents' naming. Yeah, w- would you be like, yeah. would you be like, hmm, I wonder if I'm the main character. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Sometimes I wonder that now. So, but usually it's when like I'm about to do something really bad that I don't want anybody to see. He'll be like, what if this is a Truman Show? Yeah, fuck it. I'm gonna add pickles to mine. Peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> That's why you're the main character. That's yeah. definitely what something a main character would do. Yeah, totally. Do you think, Mike? Do you live in uh, New Mikey? New Mike City. I I know I'm a side character. No, you're not. <laughs> I am. I'm the witty no, side character. No, that you hope shows. you're the side character because you don't want to have too much attention drawn to you. But no, right. we all know you're the main character, Mike. I hope not. You're the guy making be monsters. A really, really boring show. <laughs> In this show, they reformed Taz to be a more of a hero instead of the antagonist, which mm. is mostly what he is in the Bugs Bunny cartoons. Yeah. Or yeah. just a force of pure chaos. And it introduced his family and a bunch of other Outback style characters that were mild to extreme copies of existing Warner Brothers characters. Mm hmm. And they they kind of softened Taz up and gave him the ability to break the fourth wall, in which he would speak like a, in a human voice, and yeah, yeah. announce ironically his intentions. Uh, and he was given a job, and he had hobbies, and he was a real person. They really flushed him out for this one. Yeah, flushed him out. They really, uh, they really expanded his character to make it. Two and a half dimensions. He had an amazing voice cast. Jim Cummings, Maurice LaMarche, Dan Castellan, and uh, just tons of the the best working. Nice. Nice. And at least five Yoda games were main featuring Taz just for different systems. Yep. When we first rolled this up, I actually took the time to watch the full playthrough, I think, of the Super Nintendo Tasmania game, Mm -hmm. which seemed to be horribly banal and i'm surprised anybody actually played through it the entire way didn't you have it or you had the oh. snes one no no i think i had like tiny tune adventures i thought uh actually maybe i did i don't ever recall being able to make it through any of the nintendo games like i would play for five minutes i was never able to beat any of them well usually you have to play a little longer than five minutes well i yeah <laughs> sorry <laughs> I was, I didn't mean literally, but yeah, I was not very good at them either. Our first, uh, the, the show is divided into two, I guess, fifteen minutes or or shorter, probably more like twelve minute stories. The first being the Pied Piper of Tasmania, and um, I'll get. Let me get right into it. Let me let me get up on this Pied Piper. Oh, yeah. Do it. Do it. We open on a group of pseudo German slash Spanish bushrats. Okay, okay. Yeah. So I heard German, Italian, mm-hmm. Spanish. Yeah. There might have even been some Portuguese thrown in there. 
It's all over. But it was all over the place. Well, it's you know, all like, European. Do you think like they're trying to highlight that the rats are an invasive species? Oh, oh good call. Maybe. Yeah. They maybe. should have. Uh, that's why they brought over the mongoose. To Tasmania? Uh, that's literally one of the reasons why they introduced mongoose to Hawaii was to kill all the rats. Oh, but, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the rats are nocturnal and, and mongooses are, are diurnal. So they never encounter each other. Yeah. So Sounds it's just like an invasive species. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like fun. We're, we're able to understand them because we get subtitles of what yeah. they're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And at this moment, Taz, who's late for work, destroys their village with his trademark cyclone. That's the noise it makes. Yes, exactly. I mean, and that was perfect. You I'm almost, I'm, a, I'm, yeah. I'm at David's level, really. It, yeah. it sounds like one of those cars where you have this like long plastic strip with teeth. That you have to like feed in and then quickly pull out in <laughs> oh, order to yeah. <laughs> exactly. And like you do that like a few times to try to build up speed because you think you're actually building up speed, but then all you are is inhibiting its movement. And right. You set it on the ground and it like goes like two inches. Uh, sometimes stops. didn't some of them like shoot sparks? Some yeah. 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 They had sparks like inside the car. There'd be sparks shooting. Yep. The rats vow to rebuild. Now, there, now overall in the show, there's a lot of vowing to do things. Yes. Uh, characters love to vow to do different things. Vow locked in. They vow to rebuild their village until the lazy one suggests that they just move into the hotel. This is good for the bushrats because they seem to feed chiefly on irony. That's the, what they thrive on. <laughs> Whatever they could do to create irony. Yeah. Yes. They just a soft, big, a big bar of uh, irony soap. Yes. That's what they feed on. They love it. Now... I, again, I only watched this this episode once, so I'm like coming from behind a little bit. But was this the way the, you do? The opening scene <laughs> was the opening scene, the one where he he stops and he looks at his watch and he says, "Oh my, I'm quite late to." Work. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's the only time he breaks the fourth wall. This uh, this episode. This, these two. Yeah. Stories. Yeah. Meanwhile, Taz's boss, Bushwalker Bob, awakes from a dream about rats and declares yes. his hatred for them. And when he gets up, he puts on um, the sandals, no, Taz-shaped slippers as he's going to be out of bed. And I had those. I had those slippers when I was a kid. As soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, it me. I had those. Where you put your your feet into Taz's mouth? (laughs) No, no, you put them on, like, the top of the head because it's his face that's faced forward. Ah, okay. And then I think they also had, like, some sort of mechanism in there where if, like, you hit it the right way, it would make the Tasmanian noise. <laughs> it would go, so, woo, 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 woo. Yeah, woo, exactly, exactly. Woo. And then you can run around the house pretending like you're doing crazy things, get yelled up by your dad. Yeah. Shoot sparks. <laughs> shoot sparks. Day. Exactly. The rats who see a delicious, uh, thick serving of irony in the bed uh, climb up as soon as he vacates it and he doesn't notice. Yep. Yeah, these these rats do move pretty quickly. Like they really have taken over in a yes. very short period of time. So well, yeah, they breed and like proliferated. Rats. Yeah, Bushwhacker Bob demands Taz make him cereal for breakfast, and Taz serves him spoiled milk and box cereal. <laughs> well, in, in all fairness, Taz does try to warn about the spoiled milk, and uh, <laughs> Bushwhacker Bob like says, "Just make me the cereal," and he's like, "Okay, whatever." Right. He has some plausible deniability. He's very condescending. 
He's yeah. like, oh, isn't that cute? He's trying to talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I mean, we, we're supposed to hate him, but also he's clearly the character that the writers love the most. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he, he does get the most uh, face time. Well, because he's, so. he's motivated to do things. He wants things. Yeah. Taz discovers a, a prize in the cereal, which is a kazoo. And he immediately polishes it, which is amazing. I just like the fact that they just had him polish it right away, and it shines. Yeah. It's perfect. Uh, he closes his eyes and begins to play. The Bushracks emerge and dance to the infectious movie. They're totally into it. But at this point, Bob finally sees the rats and panics. Bob's shouts summon Daniel and Timothy, the Platypus Brothers. My favoriteest characters in the series. You know what? I enjoyed them more than I expected. Yeah. They were yeah. they were kind of jo- a joy to listen to. And I think really what it was is there was like the the Warner Brothers Ovra that they were using here for these characters. They were really like, how can we fit ducks into this series? Yeah. Wait, there aren't any ducks that we can think of. Oh, platypuses will go. They have with a bill. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. So they're just they're just the ducks of this. They're throwing in every uh, every animal that they could think of that's from Australia or you know New Zealand or that area. Well, you well you are pointing to one of the big factors is they are clearly duplicates of Daffy or Plucky. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, they, they're just maybe slightly nicer than Daffy or Plucky. The the animation style is similar, but they're trying to be platypuses like in Australia. The only thing that's not realistic about this show is that. Uh, not everything is trying to kill everything else uh, with Venom. And Well, like... <laughs> in all fairness, I think Tasmania, isn't Tasmania like an island that's off of Australia? Yeah. That's closer yeah. resemblance to uh, New Zealand? Yeah. Isn't a Kiwi in this uh, show as well, or am I thinking yeah. of... Yeah, no, no, there's no, a... a Kiwi night. It was part there... of the intro. Yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a panoply of um, accents. Bob orders the platypuses to get rid of the rats. And at first, the platypuses doubt that the rats are present until one appears, sniffs the milk, has a horrible reaction to it. Yeah. Uh, so at this point, the platypus brothers vow to get rid of the rats. They do, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. And they even, like, uh, pump their fists in the air. Like, we are the platypus brothers. Right. We shall not fail. And this is the way in which they're much more cooperative and probably nicer than Daffy or Plucky. That's true. That's true. Taz continues to play his kazoo, and the rats flock to him. Um, and Bob, at this point, barricades himself in the kitchen. And while there, it's revealed that the Platypus brothers have an industrial refrigeration unit that they plan to attach to the hotel's ventilation. Is it bad that the Platypus brothers had the exact same thought that I had when they came up to Bob, which was... What are you going to do when you have to leave? Mm. What are you, you going to do when you have to go to the bathroom? Yeah. Well, again, the rats thrive on irony. Exactly. And that's why they're attracted to, to Bob, because he generates a lot of it. That's true. He does. He is like an irony generator. That machine is real. It looks exactly... I'm looking at a photo of it now. It looks exactly like the machine in the uh, cartoon. And Perfect. it does run on real platypuses. Excellent. Wait, do you have to, like, mince them up really fine? No, the machine does that. Oh, okay, perfect, perfect. Yeah, you just attach your uh, platypus tube mm-hmm. uh, into its orifice, 
You just have to like squeeze the platypus in there. And turn on the platypus. Oh, turn on the platypus? Oh. Okay. Nothing oh, no, no, it's like a okay. faucet. Oh, okay, okay. You just twist the bill, and then suddenly it's like, ooh, la, la. Hey, uh, oh, yeah, you think you think they're, they're uh, BDSM platypus? Exactly, yeah. Hey, they've got the uh, the poisonous barbs in their armpits, yeah. I, I, I mean, my new gamer tag is BDSM platypus. <laughs> hey, for twenty sixty nine. If if you can get it, if you can get it, I'm pretty sure that might might be ta- taken. So. Elite no scope three sixty no scope four twenty sixty nine x x x x x x x Goku. Yeah. So industrial refrigerator. It is, is super effective. Yes. And snow flies from the vents, and the floors of the hotel instantly freeze. And Bob is caught up in an ice skating Congo line of Taz and the Bushrats. And this whole time, Taz seems kind of oblivious to the yep. effect he's having on the Bushrats. Well, he's, he's into just, the music, man. He's yeah, feeling yeah. the music. I, I just don't think he cares. Or there's that, too. If, if, if the rats stay or go. Uh, he's in, so entranced by the kazoo, or just because he's like, he, you know, I, all, all life is equally meat to him. <laughs> I think the latter. Uh, although it could also be that he's like, you know, as long as there's this weird crisis associated with these rats, I don't have to do my regular work. Yeah. So I, yeah. I'm just going to ignore this and let somebody else take care of it while I write my opus. Uh, my kazopus. My kazopus. Bob is caught up in this Congo line and he's thrown aside and transformed into a snowman by the bush rats after landing in a drift. So this is just like in further indignities for Bob. And at this point, the Platterus Plus brothers see this isn't working and change tactics. So they they switch the refrigerator to a furnace, but they drop a wrench into it while they're working on it. And this makes the entire hotel explode uh, like a bookstore. What did they call it? They They had like a specific name for it. It was like a an induction accelerator is what they do. They hook it up to an induction accelerator. Is that what they call it? That's what they called it. And then and then they dropped a wrench into it. Right. And the induction accelerator is really just a uh, plug that appears to attach to a cable that runs out of one of the platypuses. So It's basically the same machine, but... In reverse. Yeah, we see it from a different angle. Uh, emerging from the wreckage, Bob decides to stay at Taz's house after learning that there are no bush rats there. But <laughs> the rats, fat and bloated on irony by this point, start following Taz, playing the kazoo, following Bushwhacker Bob and Taz to their new uh, abode. And I assume only hilarity will ensue. Yep. And I think this is the one where the uh, the Platypus brothers also break the fourth wall, don't they? In this one or is it the next one? Yes, where, where they, they're like, yeah, they're like, or our names aren't the Platypus. Ah, you guys know already. Looking at the screen, yeah. So that one is as good. No. Yeah, it feels like the writers are kind of tired of doing this show. <laughs> well, this is episode forty-five, so this is right around that yeah time frame. Because this is what forty-five or sixty-five, right? I don't know, actually. I didn't even look up how many episodes there were. See, Tasmania. 65, yeah. Because it was around that time frame where they were still trying to get the syndication numbers. So 45 and 65 is in that sweet spot of, like, 
It's not quite close enough to the end to like. I thought it was one more than you again. needed. I thought you had to have 64. No, you have to have 65. All right. Because you have to be able to play it five days a week for 13 weeks. Damn. So, yeah. I just wish they would have played them in order. I, I don't know. That always bugged me about cartoons. Because they didn't play them in order. Nothing got played in order. Well, that's not true. Pirates of Dark Water got played in order because it was a contiguous uh, storyline. So I don't remember it playing in order. It played in order. Okay. Because I, I remember like you and I geeking out being like, okay, this week we got to go like meet here to watch this episode because it's a follow-up from last week. So, oh, yeah. Maybe you're right. Fuck. We were nerds. <laughs> were? Still are, baby. I know. OG. I know. Why just why can't you just let me hate myself in peace? <laughs> Cause hating yourself is tantamount to hating me. <laughs> wow. So, wow. It, screw you, buddy. I'm honored. <laughs> to be honest. Honored. We're cut cut from the same cloth. To be considered a part of you. <laughs> Okay, our next episode is The Treasure of the Burnt Sienna. Oh, Treasure of Burnt Sienna. And its title is a parody of The Treasure of the Sierra Madre, uh, a 1948 film directed by John uh, Hurston, starring Humphrey Bogart and Tim Holt. And they are called Dobbs and Curtin in the film, two vagrants who drift through a desolate Mexico. Nice. Very cool. It also starred uh, Walter Hudson, the director's father. Oh, interesting. And this kind of nepotism runs deep in Hollywood because on this show, Tom Ruger hired his own sons as voice actors. Son of a bitch. It's insane. He did it. Bastard. He, he did it twice. Motherfucker. Taking hardworking voice actors yeah out of the running this is the guy who's destroying your career adam he is the career that i don't have yes he's destroying it that's why it's destroyed exactly yeah if it wasn't for uh was it huston humphrey bogart i think it got i I think it got translated wrong i think it's hudson 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 or huston hold on see i'm seeing john huston on the imdb but okay you're seeing john huston yeah john Huston. huston It's Huston then. John Huston and William and Walter Huston. Walter Huston, yeah. Such bitches. Yeah, it's disgusting. That's right. We should have his Emmys. Legally, yes, we should be. Yeah. For our podcast, he should be handing us his Emmys legally. Like none of us are related. You don't see us doing it. Are the Emmys the ones that are like, are those the ones that have chocolate on the inside of it, or are those a different? Those are the Oscars. No, I want one more than ever. Never mind. Uninterested. <laughs> At Bushwhacker Bob is lamenting that he has to clear away furniture and debris due to spring cleaning, even though it's not even spring. It's not even spring. Yeah. It, it's probably like fall because, you know, the Southern Hemisphere is. Yeah. Um, the opposite seasons of us. So he's like, yeah, son of a bitch. Even when I flush the toilet, it's not going around the right way. It's true. I just like to point out that using the hotel in the second story 
when you destroy it in the first star, it's just bad form. That's true. That is a good point. <laughs> Although, in all fairness, we don't see Bushwhacker Bob's mom in the first story. So maybe she's now running the hotel because she's the one that paid the money to rebuild it after Bushwhacker Bob blew it up. I think that I think that the hotel is one of those spots that like can get blown up forever, and but it will always still be there. So it's like it's like uh, a glitch, quantum lock. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah it's, it's a cartoon. If it comes back next week, that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> but not in the same. Week. But not in the same episode. Right. Let's get to it. Taz, however, is doing all of the work, carrying a massive armload of items, including a footlocker of mm-hmm. various locked lockers in it. It's not even a footlocker; it's, it's wall a, lockers. It's wall like lockers, three yeah, lockers. Uh, yeah. Do you think maybe that the like the writer put, oh, he has a footlocker, and the animator is just like, what do lockers look like? Okay, I'll draw that. I went to high school. This is what they look like. Bam. Right. That, that would explain why there were lockers in the hotel, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Bob's mom is checking a set of wealthy but unhappy guests into the hotel. Yes. And the Who wife... are a horrible stereotype of uh, Jewish folks. Yes, or Long Island Jews, I think. Yeah. The wife, uh, Hilda Minsky, puts a heavy chest of jewelry into the hotel safe. And it represents all her finest things. Exactly. And Mom summons Taz and Bob to help with the Minsky's luggage. And Mr. Minsky can do nothing but complain about being on vacation. Yeah. Because he wants to be back at work. He's concerned about his brother-in-law's ability to run his business. His deli. Yeah. yeah. Taz eats Hilda's coat and Bob chase yeah, yeah, yeah. Bob chases him off trying to retrieve it. Well, I think Taz is just trying to make a statement there that for his murder, she should yeah, not yeah. be wearing a fur coat. Yeah. Well, I, again, like <laughs> everything is meat to him, so Exactly. Yeah. So he's he's just like eating it to be like, hey, yeah. it should be part of the natural process of the circle of life. So I'm putting it back into Right. That circle of life by consuming it. So later when I have a giant furball dump, the bush rats can come in and dig through it and make their own nest. Yep. So Isn't the circle of life just like a human centipede? That's exactly what it is. Just with tons more, with extra steps. It's a human centipede with, yeah. with extra steps. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that was the subtext of the Lion King. So yeah. <laughs> That's what yeah. I picked up on. Yeah. Do you ever do you ever be like, I'm gonna take this into my ecosystem and make it part of my circle of life? And and you just like uh cram a three month old candy bar into your gullet. Yeah. And then I scream out, Akuna Matata <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. This will be a part of me forever as I absorb the precious nutrients. And uh <laughs> it's a Krispy Kreme donut that's been sitting in <laughs> for like just... a week. It's like Oh, hard as a brick. You're like, yeah. all I need to do is let this sit inside of this 20-year-old scotch, and it'll soften up. <laughs> it'll be perfect. It sounds like some kind of dessert one of the our, like... Of <laughs> like some boomer parent would make. Yeah. <laughs> sounds amazing. <laughs> scotch boom- so good in scotch. The boomers knew how to live, man. The boomers know how to live. They it's did. True. Yeah, back yeah. before they were all anti-drug. Back before Nancy Reagan. Yeah, they, they, they knew how to live them. back when, you know, houses were like $5,000 and college was $200. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They had a, they knew how to do it. Exactly. 
Okay. Uh, Hilda doesn't really care about her coat and just asks about vacation activities for fun. And uh, at this point, we enter Mr. Thickly, who is a wallaby. Oh, he was a, a wallaby or a wallaroo? I don't know. I think he's a wallaroo. A wallaroo? Yeah. He looks like a kangaroo. He looks like, he looks like a kangaroo, yeah. So that would be like a wallaroo. It's like a small kangaroo. Okay. Oh, no, I guess, no, it looks like a wallaby is also a small kangaroo. Yes. Never mind. It's a wallakang. But he's as, big, he's as big as a person, so he should be a, a full kangaroo. Yeah, he's enormous. He's well-fed, too. You notice that, like, like round and fat he was? He was. Yeah. In all fairness, though, I think that they have had kangaroos in the WB Pantheon before. Sure. And they were, they were always, like, jacked, because they were always, like, boxers. <laughs> so they might have want, maybe wanted to do like the wallaby in order to like tone it down a little bit, you know. Hmm. The, the the wallaby has planned a day of events and created a map for the Minskis to use in the ultimate event, which is a treasure hunt. But he leaves it on the desk as they walk off, and it quickly blows into the open locker of the furniture that Taz was carrying. And when Bob returns with the battered coat, he finds the map. Mm-hmm. A twist of fate. And this sets up like the essential. Each one of these episodes functions on like here. This sets up the recurring premise and we're going to milk this to death. Well, yeah. Here, yeah. To death as, as, as much as I can to death within like a eight minute period. Uh, yeah. As so. time allows. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to d- destroy this in the limited time we have. But I do like the fact that the banged up fur jacket is basically just now a fur miniskirt. Yeah, it's like a tube. Yeah. Yeah. It's hot. It's hot. Because it's made out of fur. Yeah, Bob follows the map and starts digging at a location marked with an X. But we quickly see that there are dozens of X's all over because they've been made by the Minskys. Uh, who has Mr. Thickly is dressed as chickens to race against each other. And their large stilts end in a cross. Yes. I really do like Bushwhacker Bob's uh, utter greed. Yeah, yeah. Just like his, just yeah, his yeah. lust for his for fortune and glory. Yeah, he's dis- just, he's despicable. Yeah. It's awesome. He really is like the anti-hero, right? Like he's not the antagonist. He's clearly the the writer's favorite character. Yeah. At this point, Taz finds the hole uh, that Bob is digging, and he dumps the trash bin in, uh, and Bob freaks out and sends Taz away to clean up the island while he continues digging. And this is the recurring theme. He continually sends Taz away when Taz might find out what he's doing. And then we get another scene where he's continuing to dig at another set of holes, and Taz again interrupts him. Blowing away his map with a leaf blower. The leaf blower, yeah. Yeah. But I didn't really understand what the point of the leaf blower was. Was he sent on a task before that? Yeah, he said he was told to clean up the island. Oh, okay, okay. So the leaf blower was to clean up the island. Right. At this point, Bob sends Taz to start digging for him, and uh, Taz rapidly generates multiple holes around the island that start to geyser up water. And just by doing his spinning trick and just yeah. like drilling into the ground. Drilling basically. into the ground. Although Bob does do a really nice move here where he's trying to get Taz to go away from him. And he uh, puts his finger on the top of Taz's head and spins Taz. Yeah, which spin. then initiates the spin so Taz can't stop. 
and has to spin away. Yeah, he starts him like a, a gas mower. Yeah. I like that move. Uh, it was pretty cool. Bob's totally in command here, man. This is his world. Oh, yeah. We're just living in it. Yeah. At this point, Mr. Thickly arrives with the Minskys and reveals to Bob that the map he had was fake and had been created by Mr. Thickly. Yeah. And the Minskys dig up a treasure chest, but Bob is so enraged that he fights for it and finally wins it from the Minskys and opens it to reveal a teeny tiny trophy that Mr. Thickly made. Mm-hmm. And what does it say? It's like number one treasure hunter or something like that? Yeah. 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 Nice. But but at this point in time, Taz has been off screen for a little too long. Yes, he's been off causing trouble. <laughs> and Taz arrives and digs a hole and comes back with the hotel safe. Because Thickly and the Minskys have head, headed off to play shuffleboard. Yes. And again, Bob uses can, Taz as a can opener, quickly cracks the safe, finding all of Hilda's jewelry. Which, in all fairness, does seem like it's a proper treasure because there's, like, crown jewels in there and stuff. Yeah. There's just, like, massive random things in it. I was kind of hoping there'd be, like, an Infinity Gauntlet in there. (laughs) That'd be kind of fun. Do you think that, like, going forward, all treasures will always have an Infinity Gauntlet in it? Ooh. You gotta think so. Or at least, like, Infinity Gems. Yeah, and uh, well, modern treasures. Least, it needs yeah. to have the uh, the necklace pendant that uh, Rose dropped into the bottom of the sea. Yeah, because they they swam down and got it. Got to have that. Yeah. Got to have the infinity uh, infinity gauntlet. Gauntlet. You got to have those big Hulk fists, the foam ones, <laughs> with with the bong inside of it. Yeah. <laughs> Hulk bong. Yeah. A plastic uh, Captain America shield, if that's the case. Yes. Yeah, both. You do shots off the... the w- one of the America ones that's shields. a little too small. It's like kind of rinky-dinky. Yeah. So Bob grabs the treasure, but his joy at finally being rich is cut short as the holes tags Doug think the island that the hotel is on. Yep. To which Bob doesn't, you know, continues to weather it. He says he doesn't care. He's rich. But yeah. mom, uh, mom rose up with the Thickleys and the Minskys, who are apparently the only people staying at the hotel, and reveals who owns the jewels. Which Bob then returns and then tries to explain what he was doing uh, and sinks beneath the, the uh, island waves, still trying to invent wacky stories and blame it on Taz. But not before breaking the third wall again to, like, wave bye-bye. Yes. And comment that this was, wasn't possibly the best ending. And that was Tasmania, number 45. The Pied Paper of Tasmania. The Treasure of Burnt Sienna. Yeah. Come to Tasmania. Come to Tasmania. We mean you. I've been Mike. <laughs> uh, yeah, you got Yes, it. you have. Yeah. Yes, you have. This one went long. Sorry. I don't think it did go no, that it long. Didn't. I think this actually, is actually pretty I mean, succinct. We got started so. after 9 o'clock, and it's not even 11. Yeah. Good point. We're it's good. a new speed record for us. It, it's. I, I mean, the only ep- episode faster would have been probably the Son of the Mask, because we live yeah. reviewed it as we were watching it. I don't know if that was faster, though, because that felt like it took forever. We kept pausing <laughs> so, it. 
Well, we did pause it, yeah, a few times. What did people think of this? I don't even remember the hotel from watching it originally. Me neither. I remember the family more. There's a ton of characters in this show. Yeah. I think that might have been a better episode if we had the family, because I, I can actually remember, like, the father was, the voice was doing a, a Bing Crosby impression. Yeah. 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 Old I remember child, the- child beater Crosby. I remember the uh, the guy in the bushwhacker um, hat and the the beard. I remember seeing bushwhacker him. Bob. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't like rooting for the bad guy because the Tasmanian Devil was always the bad guy in the Bugs Bunny shows. So, but how could how could he be the bad guy though, Mike? He's he he is covered in hair. He's got hair everywhere. He <laughs> yeah, <be> he's clearly <laughs> the hero. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of felt the same way. I always found him to be like kind of a crass character and I didn't really understand it. He was so um, uncouth and unrefined. Yeah. Not at all like Citizen Kane. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the Tasmanian the devil fuck? is actually a metaphor. The what? It's, the Tasmanian devil is actually a metaphor. Oh, yeah. For, yeah. for all of the uncouth and unculture in the world that... It doesn't shine and sparkle, right? But but what's what's a meta for? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. It works much better. What's a motto? No? Okay, okay. What's a motto? We're cutting all of what's, this. What's a motto I with you? Damn it! <laughs> what? Sorry. <laughs> no, Adam said it first. Boom. Boom. What's a motto? I gotta say that um, when I watch the cartoon, I don't remember it at all. Hmm. Yeah. But as soon as as soon as David sent us the, the yeah. intro to watch the intro to it, yeah, that's when I was like, oh yeah, I used to watch this all the freaking time. Mm, yeah. So I I, yeah. I think I might have been in the same boat where I did not, I don't remember the hotel quite as much. I don't remember Taz working as much as him like getting into shenanigans in his home life. So yeah, I didn't even have to watch the intro to remember it. Oh, really? Yeah, the, the, the intro is much better than how the actual show turned out. Yes. Yeah. The intro yeah. was great. I remember my general feeling was this this was the kind of the worst of the Tiny Toons spinoffs. And it was definitely worse than Tiny Toons. It was worse than Animaniacs. Oh, no, yeah. 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 Well, Animaniacs was kind of like in a league of its own. And I feel like the spinoffs from Animaniacs, because I feel like it's Tiny Toon Adventures and Animaniacs were like two separate entities from the oh, same yeah. company. Whereas, um, and this is definitely feels like it's a lesser spinoff of the lesser of the two. Because I feel like Animaniacs was a cut above Tiny Toon Adventures. Even though I did love Tiny Toon Adventures when I was a kid. I do remember enjoying that quite a bit. So. I, me too. I think that Tiny Toons was for the like 10 and under crowd. Whereas <laughs> Animaniacs was for like the, the, the edgy 11 and 12 and up, you know. Yeah. Girls. Edgy right. eleven. And we were just advanced. We were advanced for our age. That's what. It, that's yeah, what we, we were. Liked. We were probably. We were probably the pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like when we were like ten, and we were acting like we were eleven. Yeah. 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 I couldn't pull that off. I was still looking yeah. like I was five. Kids, kids were looking at us. They're like, I bet they smoke. <laughs> yeah. I definitely thought that about you. About me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like if anyone smokes a big fat cigar, it's it's Adam in in sixth grade. 
In it's going to be Adam. Yeah. Adam the cigar smoker. One thing I do got to say as an adult, I, I did love the fact that Bushwhacker Bob did sound exactly like uh, Ray's Darby. And it's just like a quintessential Kiwi accent. Uh, yeah. So. I, I, I don't love it, but I really enjoyed some of the performances. I mean, I think that, I think the thing that's letting it down is the, um, is the writing. Yeah. Yeah. Because too basic. the animation seems, it could be a little better, but it has some style to it. The mm-hmm. character performances are really good. Mm-hmm. It's just the writing isn't, it falls flat. It's quite good there. Yeah. Yeah. Does anybody else uh, want to fight? No, you're right. <laughs> wow, I've, I'll I feel fight intimidated. You for it. <laughs> wow, that was the easiest. I win. <laughs> you win. Yeah, you know when the writing is so bad, it, it becomes the forefront issue, and you know, it doesn't even matter what the animation's like. You just can't you can't get into it. No, I think that, that the, the Tasmanian devil in general was always kind of big in my household also because there was a uh, a general, there was an army general who was, I think his name was, his name actually might have been Tasselhoff or it might have been Taz something. Okay. And my father always referred to him as the Tasmanian devil. So it became like a thing for my dad where like we people would give him like Tasmanian devil like tchotchke things <laughs> because because my father used to be an aide to that general yeah. uh, and he always and he always called him the Tasmanian devil they're big about that in the military oh yeah you know Matt I never my dad never personified his boss with a cartoon character to my knowledge no but military the military does quirky things like they'll like whatever the, whatever yeah. his squadron's like patch was like what they probably had like you know if it was like a bird they'd have like some screaming eagle award or something where they'd have to carry yeah. it around and yeah. you know stick a piece of gum on it and everyone adds it like you know it's crazy stuff <laughs> it's insane the behavior's it's, insane it's, it's <laughs> totally illogical it's but it's madness for, it's esprit de corps <laughs> it's for esprit de corps I'd like to. Esprit, no, wait. Your decor? Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Well, I don't. Well, who cares what you don't like? I care. So, do we want to keep this show on the list? <sighs> I'm going to go with no. I enjoyed parts of it more than I expected. I really enjoyed the voice performances and the way the characters interacted. And with probably the accession of... of Bushwhacker Bob, who I found a little bit annoying. I don't know. I don't feel like there's not enough there there. There's not enough to make fun of here, and we don't love it enough to keep it. But that's true. We didn't really make up. We didn't have a whole lot to make fun of this go around. However, I am going to say keep it because I want to see uh, Taz's family. We got to get like a family <laughs> episode. So You're just very susceptible to marketing. That's No, it, it's true. I am. Actually, what I'm thinking of is, like, we need to dissect the relationship between all the different Tasmania characters, or the Taz characters on here. In the Tazaverse? In the Tazaverse, yeah. Because, like, Who do you think supposedly she- it's it's his mother and father, and then his sister and brother, right? Mm-hmm. But he seems to be a little too old for, like, 
that age of sister and that age of brother. Yeah, he seems like an adult. So, like, maybe Taz, maybe these are actually Taz's kids, but to save face, the family's passing him off as, like, his parents' kids. Oh. You know? Yeah, you think that he had children out of wedlock? I think he was a teen pregnancy. I think he uh, had, (laughs) I think he he got pregnant when he was young. Yeah. Had these kids. I mean, uh, he's sticking by him. He's still there. Well, Well, he's working for a reason, right? Gonna be to be making money for the family, so do you think that's like his secret shame that like mm-hmm. they they don't know that he's their dad? Yeah. And he's driven and, and by guilt. That's the that's the subtext. That's the reason why he talks what he does, because he's not a very good communicator, mainly because of his feelings associated with abandoning his children. Yeah. But not abandoning his children. But not being able to tell them the truth. Yeah. Having to lie to them all the time. And being so. so dependent on his parents. Yeah. It's disgusting. So. And, you know, there are other characters we could be meeting, too, like Dishri Dingo, Gator and Axel. <laughs> you know. You're the doing the hardest self Kiwi. The show. <laughs> uh, there's a shit ton of characters, but they're all just, they're just Warner Brother characters. Like, We've seen them all before. Yeah, they're like, well, we haven't seen them because they're these are actually like Warner Brothers side characters, so they're all just two dimensional. Do you think uh, Bushwhacker Bob's gonna ever dress up in drag in order to fill Hunter like Bugs Bunny does? I don't think so. I would not. This show would definitely put him in do that, and it would be like some sort of quote unquote humiliation for him. That's true. That's I true. feel like this show would do that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel nothing. <laughs> uh, Mike, where do you where do you go, where do you lean it on this? Yeah, where do you fall on this this spectrum of um, what was it? Taz- the spectrum of uh, spectrum of Taz Taz Tazerisms. I'm t- so ambivalent. The panoply of Tazerisms. I'm, I'm so apathetic that. Like, I actually choked on my own spit when I was going to, like, speak the first time, so... <laughs> what? How does that make you apathetic? You choked on your own expectorate? My goodness. So blasé about you how were so I feel sleepy. about that I just couldn't even properly speak. So I could care less because this just... It's in the middle for us. It's or it's horrible, so we probably should keep it. But I don't want to do this again. Yeah. So, David, are you going to deadlock us, or do you? Uh, are you also a Tasmanian devil, not apologist? Yeah, I was also thinking that you know, if we got an episode that wasn't from the doldrums mm. of the series, mm. maybe so like episode one or episode sixty-five. Yeah. You you want redemption for this garbage? You seek to save the Taz. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. I mean, think of all the Tasselhoff jokes we have not done for Dragonlance. We're going to take it to yet a worse level. Exactly. It's like all of my fish puns that I have planned for the second half of uh, Tiger Sharks. Matt, so you've earned a redemption for this episode. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you just got cut, cut to the quick of Dragon Lance. Uh-huh. <laughs>
You think about what you want to do, and then David and I will talk about Dragonlance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. So, David. So, my brother has all the books. Oh, does he really? So, <laughs> nice. So, yeah, but but that basically means all of my knowledge is secondhand from him. Oh, oh you, you didn't, didn't read, read any of them? No. I think I've made a decision here. Ooh. Excellent. Lay it on, big boy. I'm going to promote Defenders of the Universe from the wait list. Oh. Interesting. Oh, sorry. Defenders of the Earth. That's the one I want. I think we already have it in. That's already up there. Is it? It's number number 42, Defenders of the Earth. I thought it was uh, on. Oh. I thought it was was still on the wait list. Fuck me. Well. It's another one we have on there twice. God damn it! Uh, oh, oh, we're at we're we're actually gonna have two entries. I think because I added it last time. No, I was looking at it last time, and I <laughs> no, like. Okay. God damn it! Okay, I've removed it from the wait list. So what do you want? So what do you want to do, Matt? God damn it! <laughs> boost it. Just boost defenders of the earth. No. 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 You don't. You don't like this enhancement. Nah. You think it uh, it cheapens the sport? Nah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta find another esoteric garbage thing to throw at you. Well, you already added Dragonlance. Remember that? I did. So, yeah, I can't wait for us to watch it. It's terrible. It's gonna be amazingly terrible. Amazing. Um, oh, I see what you did there. What is this garbage Hypernauts doing on the list? Ugh. What? What is this garbage? Hypernauts. Hypernauts? That, what is that doing on our list? You gotta add it. That gotta... sounds like exactly the type of thing that should be on the list. Oh, <laughs> God damn it. It's so... Oh, I hate it. Put it on the list. Yeah, add it. There we go. Bring it up top. Oh, it's, it's so bad. Oh, okay. It's a pr- proof of concept show. Oh. To prove that the computer-generated imagery could used, be used to make a cartoon. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> this is going to be amazing. 13 <laughs> episodes, 5 unaired. Yes. Nice. <laughs> this is, this is from David. You found this, didn't you? D- yeah, this is from the D catalog, definitely. Nice, nice. Oh, This is not something that anyone remembers no. <laughs> or has seen. Yeah. No. It's like yeah. theoretical. This is, this is <laughs> yeah, yeah. ABC this Productions. Mi- this might only. This might. We, we might like. We might open this up and all the tapes are blank. It's just static. This is this. <laughs> my, oh, this, this nice. This is where we prove the Mandela effect is a real thing. Right. They're like, yeah. yeah. It's like it's like the uh, con- the end of Contact. We're like, yeah. They're static. Sixteen minutes of static. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was a great movie. Shout that to the list. <laughs> yeah, April March first through April thirteenth of nineteen ninety six. This was uh, it was right during our heyday, and none of us know what it is. Nice. I'm looking at a photo from it, and it looks like it looks so bad. It looks like uh, Babylon Five shat itself into the uncanny valley. Had a one night stand with uh, Star Trek. Anyway. Uh, so, Hypernauts, you added that to the list. That is added to the list. Sweet. 
13 episodes. I really hope we get a chance to watch this, like, now. (laughs) 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 It looks very bad. So we need to roll uh, somewhere between 11.95 and 12.11, boys. Gotta do it. All right. We want cartoons 26 hours a day. Sorry, I, uh... Damn it! I, I rolled a bit higher than that. What'd you roll? 26.75. Damn. Mm. Uh, we go up. I have to ask you every week. We go yeah, up. Yeah, I so don't... <laughs> next highest is 26.89. The Legend of Zelda. Mm, nice. nice. 1989. It's so bad. 13 episodes. It's so bad. Was that one of those and friends thing uh, where there's like two shows in one? The Legend Um, of Zelda? Yes, it was part of the Super Mario Brothers Super Show and only aired on Fridays. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. It was was this, yeah. It's the part two thingy, yeah. And I always missed that Friday and I was so pissed. Because I always wanted to watch Zelda, and I, for whatever reason, I would forget, or something would come up, or there'd we, be like band practice or something. We talked about yeah, this. Yeah. We, uh, we talked about this. I never saw it either, and they always made it look fantastic, but it's garbage. Oh, yeah, I yeah. can't wait to, yeah, have all that, that those years of wishing I watched it more smacked me in the face when we watched this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is a, dis- a dream it's, destroyer. It's, it's going to punch you right in the crotch. Is really just it, it right in the feels. Yeah. Because yeah, that yeah. hurts way more in this instance. Oof. All got, right. I we got a wait. real ball buster here, boys. We do. So. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have nightmares just, you know, thinking about it tonight. So we have we have 13 episodes. Yeah. Um, which episode are we going to be doing, David? We're going to be doing number four. Number nice. four. Excellent. Or rather, you're going to be doing number four, Adam. Ooh. Me? Ooh, Adam. Oh, no. Yes. Uh, I can't wait. It's, I'm, uh, already, I'm already let's, feeling it. Let's not. Let's just do it right now. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's do a special pop podcast. Just keep on going. Do you think that they will ever successfully make a Zelda movie? No, um, that's like the... Have uh, they been tried? There's a rule. You can't go back to previous consoles. Once it flops, you have to move on to the next console. Then why are they making the the new Mario movie? That's because Chris Pratt needed a job. Yeah, yeah. Why why did they make (laughs) the Sonic movie? I know, I know. the Sonic movie, No, I mean, it's worth... I I think that they could try. It depends. Who are they targeting? Yeah. What's the... If they're targeting our nostalgia, then they'll win. And, you know, it'll be total crap. But if they're trying to reach out to the next generation of kids, then I'll have to watch it anyways. And it'll probably be a little bit fun. But I, <laughs> I, feel, I feel like it's different, you know? Never mind. Nice. Episode four of The Legend of Zelda 1980, 1989 is Kiss and Tell. When Link rescues a fair maiden from a ferocious dragon, he gets a kiss as his reward. Wow. Sexual harassment. At its finest. Wow. That is the plot of an entire TV show. (laughs) An entire episode. All right. So, on a future episode of Amazingly Terrible, 
we'll be watching The Legend of Zelda, Episode 4, Kiss and Tell. But next time on Amazingly Terrible, we're going to be watching Tailspin, and I am looking forward to that, boys. Mm-hmm. Tailspin? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Creme de la creme. I feel like oh, yeah. I feel like this is the one that could be on the edge though. Like you know, this is we're getting we're getting real close to Rescue Rangers oh. quality of goodness. Mhm. Oh yeah. Yeah. But it might not be there. It might not be. This this might be a nostalgia killer for us. This might yeah. be a, a soul feel crushing yeah. Man, losing the Disney afternoon the that, that that would be a big blow to my reassessment of childhood. Mm. That would be. Yeah. That would be. You're like, nope, this was all garbage. Still want to go back and watch the Ducktales um, one. Woohoo! Where they go? <laughs> yeah, where they go to the uh, the Gold City? Oh man, isn't that the movie? Yeah, it's the movie, movie, but it's like the first three episodes in the series that they, yeah. Oh, yeah. they yeah. released. It's like they. Gotcha. Yeah. I want to watch it. <laughs> For Amazingly Terrible, I have been sleepy. For Amazingly Terrible, I have been dopey. For Amazingly Terrible, I have been Doc. For Amazingly Terrible, I have been happy. <laughs> no, you're our Snow White Mike. Yeah, you are. I do not want all of you on me. No. <laughs> not into it. Yeah. Nothing. I I I, I'm happy being happy. Amazingly Terrible is produced by David and Adam. Music by Josh Woodward. Send your email to monotonouslyterrific at amazinglyterrible.com. Negative amnesia absorption. What is it? Negative what? Negative <laughs> negative magnesium absorption. Magnesium. Yes. Like you're not getting enough magnesium to your brain. Negative yeah. magnesium absorption sounds like a '90s band. It really does. It really does. Uh, if uh, you'd have hit that on the first time, it might have been funnier. Oh, it's so true, Mike. God damn it! <laughs> I I hate you because you're right. No, you can hate me for a lot of other reasons. No, I couldn't. Only because you're right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Only because you're beautiful. And yeah. You're, right. you're like oh. Jesus. You tell the truth and I hate you for it. You, you're like Jesus. You tell the truth and you got great abs. <laughs> oh, man. God. Also, you get stabbed a lot. <laughs>